Welcome back to Theology in Action. Levi Hightree here with Pastor Tony Caffey. How are things going? Hey, Levi. Good to see you. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a minute since I've gotten to sit at the table and have a conversation with you about things. Uh, we're going to talk about something that's come up recently within our church. We recently had a business meeting as a church, and you all and the elders rolled out a church's mission statement, and kind of we're talking about that. And I'm curious, I fortunately wasn't able to be here as part of the, the meeting. How did the meeting go? How did the church kind of receive it? It went good, Levi. I know you were busy doing other things <laughs> sure. and had some health issues yeah. that uh, we'll talk about yeah. in an upcoming podcast, but uh, it, it it went really well. I mean, it's, it's a good thing for the church to uh, gather and report on kind of a state of the church yeah. kind of meeting. Uh, we do that annually here. So we're an elder-led church, yeah. as you know, and that's something that we've talked about even in podcast form before. But... Uh, you know, as part of that, one of the things that we like to do as elders is inform and communicate, and that's uh, meaningful, I think, in terms of building rapport with our people and also talk about finances. Uh, some people love talking about that and really feel encouraged by that. Some some people get bored by that. So, yeah. um, But I think everybody in the church is, is edified by those kinds of meetings where um, – where reports are given. And and that was a big part of what we did this last uh, meeting, as you said, because we're a five-year-old church now, and we've uh, had different, I guess you could say, iterations. We've had two senior pastors now. And we've been working, I think, with a convictional way in which church should function. And we've been, from the beginning, committed to God's Word, committed to worship, committed to uh, to other types of things within our church body. Definitely preparing ourselves for Christ's return has been a big, big refrain within our church body. So uh, what we try to do as elders is take our convictions and distill it in a way that would be memorable in what we're calling our mission statement. So that's what we rolled out. And I'll read it for you, and we can continue conversing about it. But So our mission statement is, we live as verse-by-verse fellowship to multiply disciples who love God and each other, learn from His Word, and long for His return. Yeah, and I I, I love that. I do. I'm going to step back for a minute and kind of take a, like a 30,000-foot view, as I guess business might say, and I might be playing devil's advocate a little bit here. Yeah, but even Even prior to uh, this revision of our of our mission statement, uh, we came up with one whenever Verse by Verse Fellowship was planted years ago, and even then I had the kind of brief thought of that sounds very businessy. It, it seems like such a business thing to do, uh, business statement, vision, things like that. Biblically is what, what's the correlation? And let's kind of talk on like the, the universal church aspect of, is there a scripture base for the universal church? What, what would be their mission? And then we can kind of narrow it down to, to us and use us as an example. Yeah, that's a good question. And, and we're not, necessarily saying that every church needs to have one or every church okay. or the universal church should have their own. Okay. Um, and it it might be contextualized within a Western church framework. For us, it's, it's a way to distill what we've been commanded, specifically in Matthew 28, with Jesus sending out his disciples to yeah. say, go replicate, you know, make more disciples who do certain things. It's a way for us to rally around that as a uh, as a call to action. Yeah. So, and and we could say, I guess, theoretically, you know, our mission statement is the Bible 
you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we I think we've had that conversation with the doctrinal statement, yep. you know, like our doctrinal statement is the Bible. Okay, I mean that's true, but that's a lot of content for yeah. people to work through. And the reason doctrinal statements are framed is to distill uh, the breadth of a material in the Bible into succinct, convictional, uh, doctrinal statements that really identify who we are and distinguish us, too, from other churches mm-hmm. that have different doctrinal convictions than we do. Similar with the mission statement, these are the things that we're most committed to. So somebody comes into our church, they can see right from the beginning that we're about disciple-making yeah. in our church body. You know, We're going to go all out for Matthew 28. We're about teaching God's Word, learning God's Word uh, at all different stages of our church, too, from, from children's ministry and what we're doing there all the way to adults, Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, and then longing for His return. I mean, that's that's been a distinctive of ours in terms of the way that we talk. Uh, ever since the previous senior pastor was here, that was a big refrain of Steve Armstrong's. And, I mean, it's, it's huge for me as well. We we want Jesus to come back, and yeah. we see the the biblical um, framework for that too. As as Paul was anticipating Christ's return, um, Maranatha is a significant uh, word in the New Testament. You know, come, Lord Jesus. We want to be ready at any moment for Christ to return and to uh, claim His church, and and we're living our lives in in that way. Yeah, yeah. I I do love that we did f- form. In both iterations, we formed our our vision, our mission statement around Matthew 28, that go and make disciples. And that aspect, I think, especially in the American culture, it can kind of be lost a little bit. Everyone wants to go on, sorry, not everyone, many want to go on the mission trips, want to go build the school, want to go even share the gospel yep. or feel convicted and share the gospel in HEB and then leave and never talk to the person again. And this new convert that doesn't know anything whatsoever is left of what are my next steps? What do I do? Who do I turn to? Who do I right. talk? And it's real easy to connect to an unhealthy body or people that are going to teach you incorrectly in that way. And that's where I like, I like the mission statement that we have in the fact that it, it is very much Matthew 28 and go make, go make disciples. Don't just get them saved and leave them is help them along. And I, I, it applies to the gospel sharing as well as us in the church and the mentoring, which we've talked about before of that. And it, it's a way of synthesis. Yes. I would, it, and I'm I'm a big advocate of this because the gospel. You bring up a good example. We should be able to share the gospel in five seconds, five minutes, yeah. fifty minutes. You know, five hours. You could go on and on with what the gospel is and fully orbed explain all the different facets of it. It's it's really like a diamond. There's so many different ways to look at the gospel, gospel implications, the way it influences our life. But we should be able to distill the essence of the gospel down to a few short statements sure. if we have an elevator conversation with somebody. Yeah. You know, we're sinners who need salvation. Jesus came to save us from our sins, and faith in him saves us. You know, that that quickly now it's obviously more than that. Sure. You know, and we can we can talk repentance, which I think is really important to emphasize, especially in the Western world when yeah. you talk about the gospel. But uh, yeah, get that get that elevator pitch down, yeah, and that's where it starts. And yeah. That's where I love the make the disciples is it's that partnering, and now we've started. Here's where we go. Yeah, that's and that's kind of the natural progression from conversion to the, yes. to disciple making. 
So we want synthesis for the gospel. We want synthesis for doctrinal statements. We want synthesis as well for the call of the church, the mission. And so that's where this, that's the genesis of this. And uh, when we distill, I guess, to its core, what what we're going after as a church, yeah. uh, that's what we're trying to frame yeah. here. I kind of see it as it's not necessarily eliminating. We don't do these other parts of the Bible, right. but it's giving a vision of this is the direction we're going. We're not kind of scattering it out. It's, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? It's kind of roadblocks in a sense, but it's reminding of, Hey, that's great. You did that over here, but let's come back and focus. The church is going this way. We're focusing on this task. And in a sense, you know, there is that business aspect. Businesses do that as well. And there's a reason that all, almost all businesses nowadays have a mission statement in that aspect and pointing forward. Right. So you, you touched on it and I was going to ask, and we can kind of dig in a little bit more. Do you think it's important for all churches to have a mission statement? It's helpful. It's similar to what I said about the doctrinal statement. So uh, if you have a new person visiting or if you have a new believer, you know, to say, our doctrinal statement is the Bible, go read the Bible, that's that's a long process. That's intimidating. Uh, and there, you know, I, I've been a pastor for a while now, so when people ask, you know, what's your doctrinal statement, I, I know what they mean. They're looking for certain distinctives, and I want to help them sure. because we do have distinctives, and maybe our distinctives aren't consistent with the way you know, they view, let's say, women in ministry mm-hmm. or the way they view uh, the use of the the sign gifts and how they're appropriated in the local church, just to give two examples. So uh, similar with the mission statement, you know, if if, um, if people come to our church and they are maybe resistant to disciple making as like a core value in the church, maybe they just want kind of a comfortable place to go to church and to fill a pew. I, I mean, I'm framing this really negatively, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Um, you know, that's that's not really the kind of church we're, we're right. intending to be. Or if, you know, they see uh, Christ's return as this, like, long, drawn-out process where we're going to slowly Christianize the world, and over thousands and thousands of years, maybe Christ will come back. Yeah. I mean, there are some theological positions that kind of tend that direction. That's not us. Yeah, but you can see in our statement, that's not us. So, it, yeah, it drives that line. And, and if they want a church that's, uh, you know, we're also, in our name is verse-by-verse fellowship. So if they're not comfortable with expository preaching or if they're used to another type of uh, diet for mm-hmm. uh, for appropriating God's Word, and I'm not here to denounce that or anything, I'm just saying they're, they're going to struggle at our church to really feel invested as part of our body. And so a mission statement like this is helpful for that and gives us, you know, in in a a distilled, you know, crafted statement, this is who we are. Come come join us. Come be a part of this. If if this is consistent where with what you you feel like the Lord is calling you to. Yeah, absolutely. So let's kind of break down how did we come about our current mission statements? Like what mm-hmm. what questions did you guys pose to each other and, and what questions were we looking to answer? Well Matthew twenty eight Language has been a part of our church from the beginning, before I got here. So that was important to uh, to the men who were part of this, who were you know part of the church from the very beginning. And it's it's what I'm giving myself to as well. I when people think you know what are you called to? Your your pastor called to preaching, called to to do weddings, do funerals, lead the church. Yeah, 
I mean, I'm called to all those things, and and that's around what I think is the central thing, and that is the making of disciples. Yeah. So uh, in obedience to what Jesus called his disciples to do, and that doesn't mean that I, that I'm personally discipling every person in the church. I have a role in teaching God's word as people develop as disciples, but you know what I'm committed to is helping other disciples make other disciples. And and I'm also a growing disciple too, yeah. Levi. You know that. Like I got things that I'm working on and growing in Christ as well. So we wanted that to be a part of the mission statement and and really a central component. So right off the bat, we live to multiply disciples. We want to see people get saved because discipleship starts with salvation, with conversion. But it's not the end game. You know, it's not like let's just focus on conversion. Some yeah. churches do that. Yeah. We believe that God gets glory uh, when people get saved, and we believe God gets glory when saved people get sanctified. So in that way, it's there's a, a doxological uh, priority with what we're doing, not a soteriological priority. It's not just about people getting saved. It's about uh, giving God glory and seeing, seeing saints, uh, uh, unbelievers come to Christ, and seeing saints grow as disciples. And that's from zero to 70 years old. At all different stages of life, we want to see uh, people grow as disciples and making disciples. So we live to multiply disciples who love God and each other. A big part of the discipleship growing process is that one another, each other component. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not living lives in isolation. You know, why do we have the body of Christ? Why do we have the church? So that we can expedite and... Um, you know, intensify the the growth and the the maturation process of disciples. So we're loving God, we're loving each other, we're helping each other grow, and that's uh, one of the beautiful things about the body of Christ and why we're kind of uh, narrowing on that in terms of the, the first statement in our mission statement. Great. Did you, just curiosity, did you guys did uh, have any pushback after the meeting when you presented this from anybody? We didn't, and what we tried to do, because I was a new hire here uh, and was working along the elders, we had uh, you know a working mission statement that had been reframed several times even before I got here. So we, as part of an elder retreat about a year and a half ago, a few months after I got hired, mm-hmm. we all got together, six of us as elders, and we just hammered it out. What what is the central goal of our church? And we. Uh, you know, we went back and forth, as, as you can imagine, Levi. You know, we we wordsmithed and mm-hmm. and argued and uh, distilled and 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 tried to work through not just this, but also our core values, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about at another time. And 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 it was good; it was edifying. And that's that's part of our role as elders is that we're called to lead and shepherd the church and set the set the vision for the church as well. And so we came out of that that elders retreat feeling really good about not just, it wasn't like we're trying to capture something totally different from what the church is doing and we're going to turn them in a totally different direction. That was not, that's not even wise. Really what we're trying to do is capture the heart of the church already in existence. And, and how do we not just capture it, what we're committed to, but elevate it, elevate the, the way in which we we frame it and go after it. So it's, it's energizing for our church sure. body. Yeah. 
And so that that was really fruitful. We see the Lord working in that, uh, the Holy Spirit even, you know, bringing us together and giving us something that that we're really proud of. Another curiosity, uh, the church you came from prior, you guys had a mission statement there. We did. How different was it? Was there a lot of difference in that? It wasn't, you know, Harvest Decatur exists to glorify God by making disciples who worship, walk, and work for Christ. Okay. So, um, and it was in many ways uh, kind of something that we shared among other like-minded churches. So we were actually a church plant out of another church. We were the 28th church out of 150 churches. Mm. And of those 150 churches, they all had some variation of that mission statement. And... um, and so that, I mean, it was a rallying cry for our church body, yeah. not uh, just us individually, but, you know, there's other churches around uh, the world even that are committed to this, that are making disciples. So you hear the disciple-making language. Yeah. Where we exist to glorify yeah. God by making disciples. And so, I mean, that's been ingrained in me as part of my DNA, you know, in seminary, post-seminary, pastoring a church as a young pastor. Now I'm whatever middle-aged pastor, I'm still I'm still just as fired up about disciple-making as I was yeah. in my 20s, uh, as I was when I was a youth pastor. And I, I, I think, you know, that's, that's one of the things that the church does best. I mean, it's really hard to disciple people in isolation from the church yeah. or to, to, you know, try to do Matthew 28 through a parachurch. I love parachurch organizations, but, you know, try to do that through a parachurch organization yeah. or some other means, um, you know, no, this is something that the church has the tools and the ability to, to really accomplish. We, the Holy Spirit is here blessing us, gifting us in ways that we can accomplish this where it can't be accomplished elsewhere, certainly can't be accomplished by a local business, yeah. you know, or uh, somebody who's maybe trying to co-opt that mission statement that doesn't have the, the spiritual resources that we do have to, as the church. So yeah, in answer to your question, it was it was similar um, to my previous church, but it, it does have a distinctive ring that's consistent with verse by verses uh, history and uh, the personalities that were a part of this church as it got off the ground and that are present even now. Yeah, uh, something that in visual person, so this really stood out to me uh, whenever it was first presented years ago now, four years ago, maybe it might've been a year into us planted. They gate rolled out our first, uh, the first version of the mission statement. And in talking about it, they were, I think it was Tom at the time, one of our elders was discussing what this looked like, like the purpose of us having this mission statement. So the worship team being over here. And if you have a group going out and evangelizing over here and just everything outside the circle was these different mission areas or these different areas of the church doing different things that they would all point back to yep. if like we, Kyle and I, who's sitting behind the camera here and a few others, a number of times came and presented, hey, we're interested in doing this young adults group or we're interested in going caroling. And we were always presented, okay, how does that point back? Yep. How does that, where's the disciple making? How do we connect the disciple making to what you're doing? And it was never a no it was a challenge and let's answer this question and make sure it fits in what we're doing. And I, I, I love that because it, it very much keeps you focused on doing that and the, you see the importance of the disciple making in it. Yeah, good. It, it's, and that's, I, 
if you want to frame kind of the negative ways in which not having a mission statement can can transpire, there is something called mission creep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where you know people will if they don't have kind of a a central focus and a you know you can kind of co-opt any uh, statement or thinking that you have and try to you know jimmy rig it into yeah. the church and this really does help protect Absolutely. against that. Absolutely. And I can imagine because I know Tom like him presenting that in such a way that we want to be committed to this and these ministries that are part of our church need to be anchored into this this yeah. overarching mission. Absolutely. And that, that that's healthy for a church. Yeah, I I I do think that is a I mean obviously God God gets all the glory but I do think that it is a fiber that's been weaved into us that makes us the healthy version of the church that we are, that it connects that. And just that this, you, if, if you've ever been here into the verse by verse fellowship, you can see that disciple making process taking place almost any day you come in here and you see the connections. You come in here before Wednesday service, there's people meeting consistently at some point in the building and one-on-one or in group sharpening and making those disciples out of one another. And it, it just as a testament for me, you can see that at work and see the health in that. Uh, if there were a church that hears this and thinks, well, maybe we should get a mission statement built up. What would you suggest they do? Are there any specific questions or focal points you think they should have? Is it an elder led church? <laughs> <laughs> I would suggest that the elders get together and hammer it out like we did, mm-hmm. because that's, it's, we are called, First Peter 5, to lead, shepherd yeah. the church. And so we take that task seriously. But, I mean, it's galvanizing for the elders to get together and wordsmith and think and try to craft something that does capture what the church is committed to, but what we as men as well are committed to through the church and uh, so that would be my my encouragement, yeah. and and personalize it. You know, we tried to. I mean, I guess there's a way that I could have just taken my mission statement from my previous church and said, just slapped it on sure. verse by verse, and said, "Well, this is what I used to be committed <laughs> to. Let's do this." But no, I mean, this is a different context. We want to we want to contextualize it, personalize it, make it authentic to verse by verse this iteration of God's you know, the body of Christ and Jesus's um, bride. And so uh, I would encourage them to not just cut and paste out of sure. ours or somebody else's, but to, uh, to, to do the hard work of, yeah. of generating something that's original yeah. and uh, not, not too original. I mean, we're all kind of anchoring, you should be, uh, what we're doing to the New Testament, to the scriptures, to, uh, I would say, even what Jesus commands us at the end of Matthew mm-hmm. 28. But uh, there's a way to do that with with some originality. Yeah, and even sitting thinking about it, kind of on the elders' prospect, and knowing that the elders went and had this retreat and really focused on that, I would imagine knowing our elders and amazing group of men, variety of personalities and yes. backgrounds. I can that even gives them some unity on when yes. there is a difference of opinion. No, this is where we're going. Mm. This is what we're focused on. So it's not just the congregation; it's every part of the church that benefits from this. Yeah. And I should say this, and this, this could be kind of our segue for our upcoming podcasts. Um, You know, this is the 30,000 foot view and it's uh, intentionally uh, stated in such a way that it encapsulates a lot of things. 
Um, the core values is a level down from that. We have five of them that tries to more explicitly and more precisely work out what we're trying to do with our mission statement. So we'll spend some time in the future, you and I, Levi, yeah. talking about our core values that, that are Great. Uh, built off of our mission statement. Great. That's where we plug in the stay tuned for the future video, I suppose. Uh, that is all the questions I have. You have any feedback here for to wrap it up i'll just say i'm 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 i live for this yeah. uh levi i'm giving my life to this yeah. i don't know when christ returns if christ returns tomorrow or in a week or 30 years from now however many days i have i'm asking the lord to help me make disciples yeah. grow as a disciple and be a part of a church that's doing this work of disciple making Amen. and so i i just want to invite our church and others who are tuning in right now Come be a part of this. Let's uh, let's make disciples for Jesus in San Antonio, Texas. Awesome. I love it. It's motivating even sitting here talking about it. That is all we've got today. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate it. It's motivating to even get to sit here and talk about it and going and making disciples. If you guys are interested, we've got a Theology in Action playlist you can check over here. We'll have other videos you might be interested in checking out uh, what is expository teaching. That is another part of the DNA of our church. If you're interested in further content, you can check out vbvf.org. Uh, we live stream our Sunday and Wednesday services. Until next time.